Good evening. Welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have on Gavin and Pete Evick. How are you? Great. Hey, how are great. you? Thanks for having us on. I'm glad you can have you on. This is kind of this is this first uh, father son thing on. You guys both have two singles that are rocking. This is this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. This is uh, my first time doing father and son shit. <laughs> Mine too, technically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, after this, you guys gotta go fishing together too. And <laughs> well, we've done yeah. that. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm teasing you. No, that's pretty cool though. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're you're actually you play guitar with with Brett Michaels, and mm-hmm. you are from the genre of of the '80s '90s rock riffs you've had other bands I've, i was checking out your other music too you you really are a riff master a oh, great guitar player you. and a, a great singer and clearly it's, it's rubbed off on your son so it's really it's really fun <laughs> that they're um the cohesiveness of their of their oh actually you're you each have a single and they're they kind of tie into a little bit because um you know you, you, the the favorite songs reminisces the sure. style to, to what you're doing you know of, of your my, my best days you know what I mean? It just it's it's kind of kind of fun like that. Was that an accident when you guys were doing this? Like, how did this come about? Um, well, I don't. I, yeah, I guess it was an accident because I wrote "Best Days" during COVID. Yeah, at the beginning of COVID, and Gavin wrote his song uh, just in the last six months. So okay. it wasn't planned mm-hmm. that way. I mean, maybe maybe some, there was divine intervention we don't know about. But yeah, I mean that's a fun perspective. I didn't think about it like that until now, but. That's a good point. <laughs> well, and it makes sense. And it's funny to see a lot of, like, generationally, you know, because your dad's age, where to see the kids are at that age now are listening to our music and it's, it's influencing them. And now, like, what's happening with it? And it's nice to see the rock flag being being waved still, you know, the younger generation, because there isn't a lot of it going on. And, and you know, and, and your, your dad's song is so relatable. You know, it's just, it's fun. It's, it's great. How old are you? 52. Oh, I'm 50. It was written you for you. It was that's literally. That's what I'm saying. It was very relatable. But then I have I have a kid. I have 18, 18 year old, twenty one year old, and twenty three year old. So hearing you do that, I know my kids do listen to my music. It's okay. also very it, yeah. It's also very relatable. They my two youngest play bass and guitar. So it's it's to me oh. it's like it really it's, it's it's that sweet spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like I get that. It, it's very cool. What is the black acoustic behind you? It is an Ibanez. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought it was a Dean. Yeah, it looked like one of the Deans <laughs> that we play. <laughs> You've been touring forever, but your son's been going with you sometimes on the road. Like, yeah. is it, how's the influence? Uh, you- I mean, I've been on the road. I graduated high school in 1990, and I've been on the road since then for the most part. Uh, when Gavin was born, actually, the day he was born, two days later, I left. I had to leave to do 10 days uh, in the uh, um, Virgin Islands. Um, I, I've just always been on the road. It's uh, I've been in Brett's band 19 years. I, I round it to 20 now, but there's all the time prior to that, that I was just in a van touring the country back and forth, trying to spread the word, you know, that's pretty great. So, so but growing up and seeing dad doing this, was it automatically, was that the thing you wanted to do? Like you're like, ah, rock. And well, did, did you gravitate toward it or? Well, not automatically. I mean, I've always wanted to be in the entertainment industry. I mean, earlier on, it was more like cinematography, directing, acting, like the movie industry and stuff. It's always been the entertainment industry. Which I push you more and more to do. because Learn the- as much as you can, actually. I have video and audio and everything. The more you can do, the better it's going to be for everything. That's right. Right. Which, which, by the way, I don't know if you saw in the press release, but the thing I'm most proud about of him is that the video, he, he edited his video all himself, like... We, we hired a big production team to film it, but he did all the editing himself. And uh, 
I was I was more excited about that than the release of the song. I, think. I was actually going to add that because I actually have some video background. I was going to comment that you you have a lot of really good cuts. You know, you. it's 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 important to keep the rhythm and not too fast, not too slow. It's yeah, it's right. you can get, it's either, the, the minutia of everything. Like we'll talk in reference to music. It, like mm-hmm. the song that's on an album, the cuts in a video, the looks. It's all very important. It could just annihilate great music by doing it wrong right. you know well, i i had a vision in my head of how i wanted the music video to be that i felt like i could hire like a really really professional editor but it's still my vision that i wanted to get out i mean the editing is so important with when it comes to the song because i mean you have to match it you know like it goes down to specifics like even just little crossfades like i want this dissolve to be like 3.4 seconds because it goes nicely with you know, this part of the song, you know, that all comes hand in hand. It does. And, and it's a good, see, generationally it's good because the, the revenue streams are different now too. So mm-hmm. the more you can do for yourself, That's the right. better it's going to be, you know what I mean? Right. You mm-hmm. can do a full service. Mm-hmm. So are you guys, it's so, it's so odd to have you, uh, you guys play together. Like I, my oldest kid listens to rap, <laughs> so he's actually disowned. Yeah. Right. Two listen to rock. But, so it's kind of really kind of cool. Are you guys going to do any kind of playing together though? like out at some point. So I, I do this annual show with my band, Evic. Uh, yeah. We play a couple times a year. I do an annual show uh, in January locally. And I, he's, he's forming his band and putting the band together. Now the guys in the video, one of the guy in the videos is a guitar player, but the other two guys are from a band called Adam and the metal Hawks. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, he's putting his band together now and hopefully that would be done in time that he can perform at that show with me. Mm-hmm. That'll be cool. That'd be cool. It's, it's, it's an interesting spot where you're going to have to uh, establish yourself as yourself, but also right. be able to embrace playing with your dad and having fun because mm-hmm. it's the cool thing too. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. well, that's something I've always done too. I mean, besides just the band, like whenever he does his Epic shows, I'll still get up and I'll sing with him. I'll sit in for a couple songs and stuff. And I love to do it. It's fun. Yeah, he's, he gets up and plays with us with my band, but his band is supposed to play in January. So we'll see. <laughs> that. mm-hmm. That's good. I'm sure dad has lots of tips for you, too, about bands and everything else. He doesn't listen. <laughs> he doesn't listen to anything. I tell him all the time. Listen to your dad. If anybody, if, if there's one industry to listen to, it's your dad. He's done 20 years of this, you know. But it's not a- only me, but me and Brett and Tom Kiefer and uh, uh, Eric Brittingham and my friend Danny Stanton, who manages um, – uh, D. Snyder and Twisted Sister, we all tell him the same thing, all of us. And if one of us doesn't know something, including Brett, and he still does whatever he wants. <laughs> it's crazy. You got to follow the rules. You gotta find the, especially find the best guys. If you're going to be on tour, you want to find good musicians, but better people. People can always become better musicians. You got to be with them every single day. You don't want the hot chat that's a jerk. You want the good musician that's a good person. You it's, know. it's, 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 Way more important to be able to live on a bus with someone than how fast they can play their licks. That's, yeah, right. that's why it's taken so long to form the band is because, you know, I, I could get a quick local musician or like I'm searching for the best musicians, not just musicians, but just like people that are like brothers that, you know, you could live on a tour bus with. Right. I'm looking to form like a really, really good band. You want to find a bunch of good, good human beings that can also oh. play instruments well. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's what you're going to do. Um so as far as the the best days single, I, I, this is it, it's good. Are you going to do more of that in that vein? Um, I, I go. I, I'm all over the map. I, <laughs> you know, I hadn't written 
an epic song in 15 years. Well, I see there's a lot of stuff out there. That's why I'm asking you because it feels like you, you know, obviously Brett's a big commitment for you, but you have a couple different bands through the years. Yeah. I've this song that. really has something different. And yeah. I, you know, I, I think you should I, kind of jump on it. So, yeah. So, how do I say it? Best days, I, I think I said it. I think it's it was in print or not, but I intentionally wrote and produced and mixed that song to sound like a Bon Jovi song. Like every bit of it was supposed to sound like it came off the New Jersey record on purpose um, because that was the point of the nostalgia. The song is kind of anti-nostalgia. It's kind of quit worrying about back in the day, but, you know, worry about what's in front of you. But the feel of it, I want it to be nostalgic. So I do love, I do love that whole, remember when stuff I've written tons of those songs myself. Right. Right. It's just at 50 years old during COVID, I was like, man, I, I don't want to just keep wishing it. I was back in high school. There's got to be better. And, and so, but I wanted it to still play into a nostalgic feel with the Bon Jovi thing. Um, but I, I have a handful of other tunes. Um, I have one song called counting down the minutes that I've had for a couple of years. That is um, probably more like a skid row type of heavy type of song. Mm -hmm. And then I have a song called uh, uh, one of these days. That's actually probably a pure country song. And, um, and then I've been working on another song called this moment that uh, has, has, I love the lyrics to it. Um, And when I sat down to write, start demoing it, I got the first verse out and it was um, the soundscape became very, um, I, I, very um i don't want to say duran duranish but it there was piano and synth involved and it very 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 pop um almost cindy lopper time after time ish you know what i mean uh I, I because i produced and been making records for 30 years now i uh i don't i I just sit down and write and it could end up anything. But at the same time, it all to me sounds the same. Like every song I've ever done sounds exactly the same. It sounded good to me. Like I, I felt the nostalgia nod to it, but it didn't feel like it was a dated, like it was like, um, like Bruce Springsteen, pick up the ball and doing glory days. I didn't feel like it was like, yeah. like, like, like you're lamenting. Right. It, was, it felt like it was a conversation. Like, yeah, we'll talk about things. You know what I mean? But it also didn't feel like it was heavy on the Bon Jovi thing to me. It just felt like a good rock song. And that's yeah, what I'm saying. You're the first person to ever say that. Most people, most people that have heard it, they're like, "Oh, dude, you you should be paying Bon Jovi because you ripped them off." So bad. I don't think that. I'm, I also a lot of music. I also a lot of times. You know, yeah, man. Back like, then, that was when Seven Dust was starting out, right? I actually saw um, the, uh, before their Seven Dust when the drummer, when the, when the guitar player was the drummer in Peace Dogs. Oh, right on. Down at the Masquerade. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and then uh. Butch Walker and those guys, they yeah. were in South Gang. Marvelous Three, right? Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was South, uh, South Gang first. Was... South Gang first, yep. Marvelous Three. And then there's another guy down there from Atlanta, one of my favorite songwriters of all time that's not a 80s rock guy at all, a guy named Sean Mullins. He had his song Rockabye in like 19. Well, yeah, I remember him. I was going to say, that's what I thought you were going to say, because it was, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, the only yeah, one yeah. I know. Yeah, Atlanta's given some good some good stuff out to people. Butch is, Butch is a, a genius. I mean, look at everything that guy managed to do i don't know if you follow his career or whatever yeah I, I i do yeah he's 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 turned you know it's crazy how he went too especially the, the dynamics of going from like you know uh rock took a big hit so a lot of yeah. artists had to scramble 
you know, how are you going to do it? You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he really kind of came to the top of that, you know? I remember playing the cover scene uh, in 98, struggling. I, you know, I like, I like like a lot of, like, I like Bush and Sugar Ray and Hootie and stuff. I wasn't a big grunge, grunge guy. But, um, but I remember Marvelous 3 came out and they had that one song, Freak of the Week. And our band jumped on it. We learned it because it was on the radio. Good pop song. It was fun, something to do. And I thought he was bringing it back. I, I remember several times over the years hearing, like I remember hearing Marvelous 3, Freak of the Week, and thinking, oh, rock and roll's back. Someone someone did it. I remember hearing My Own Worst Enemy from Lit and going, oh, there it is. There it is. We Someone's back with it. And uh, Buck Cherry. And, and, and then it, it they'll have one good song, and then it never... Never brings it back to the floor. Yeah, I think Buck Cherry's been good about bringing it back. I don't think there's been a lot of solid out bands that they keep coming with a rock guitar. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That, that's newer, you know. Right. And it's funny, you talk about newer, and that Buck Cherry record came out 25 years ago. Oh, you're talking about 15? Whatever. Oh the, first, oh, the, oh, the first one? Yeah. Well, I'm talking about I just, just a new one. I just, the last one, I, I, I promoted that one, too. That's a good album. Oh, is, I don't, when did that come out? Last year. The Held oh. On One? It, yeah. It's a good Good thing, but it's yeah. it's a mixture. It's you know times times are a little different. It's it's a good rock record. Yeah. Like we all change. You know, it's not nostalgic. It just fits. They good, open good. up for us from time to time, and they're always really solid and good. They work you hard. They keep clean. At night, at night in West Virginia, you came out a few years ago with your friends. Buck Cherry played. Remember that? Were there? Yeah. And like two years ago. Yeah, you brought Gabe or whatever. Oh yeah, Gabe and Gabe. <laughs> sorry, we're having memories. Of funny. <laughs> okay. No, but they're pretty good. Like, yeah, CVD was actually just on the other day here talking about some stuff. They're working on the new album in Nashville. That's where everyone goes now for albums. Nashville. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right Do all the recording. And so, like, how do you find time with your, your touring with Brett and you're doing, because you do also do a lot of recording of albums, too. How yeah. do you do you plan it out? How you... No, Sketching's always I interesting could... to me. I, I'm actually in the studio with Brett right now. I rushed over here to do this with him. And then as soon as we're done this, I have to get back over there. We're working on, me and him are working on a brand new song right now. Like, Very cool. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I I, I don't, uh, I just grasp at it. I, I go 100 miles an hour and try to get my head in anything I can do. You know, uh, I love making records. I don't get to do it enough. Um, producing his song was one of the greatest joys I've had in a long, long time. Uh, yeah. It was neat to do that. Um, you know, uh, I, I just recently re- remixed a song. Uh, I don't know what the band is called, to be honest with you, but Jason McMaster from Danish Toys is singing on it. Dirty Looks? No, it's not Dirty Looks. Is, oh, it's, is that? Okay. It's, it's, I don't know what it is. It's, I don't know that it's, it's, um, it's the bass player is the guy that is the project. And he had, um, he had, um, Phil Verone play, um, drums, drums, drums. And Jason McMaster sang on this song, and uh, it turned out great. I don't know when he's going to release it, but I'm super, super proud of that. It came out great. And I was a big Dangerous Toys fan. As so, I am. I was just talking to Jason. I was emailing him yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and the, the um, so to get to actually re- work with Jason's voice was, oh. was awesome to me. His voice is not going any, any, not, he's not slowing down. You know? No, not at all. Not at all. And, and it's, I'm like, how do you take care of it? Like, at this point? I lose my voice yelling at my kids. Like I, I don't know how people like yeah. <laughs> keep their voices and keep it up nowadays. So I when saw someone, just yeah. recently at Mossins on the Mountain, I saw Dangerous Toys and he killed it, man, nonstop. And he has to be 
if I'm 50, he has to be 56, 57, right? He is just nonstop with his bands and his teaching, and he's so he's a busy guy. And his podcast, yeah. he's pretty busy. Yep. So that's pretty cool. So, so actually, so you were probably doing more recording because, well, if you're working with Brett, then when Poison's doing stuff, obviously it probably frees up your schedule a little more, right, to do this. Yeah. So <laughs> when Poison tours, which is so rare, to be honest with you, uh, <laughs> it is but now the, the stadium thing actually and they might be going elsewhere you know what i mean not at all not at all no that was enough we're lucky they made it through that one if you want to know <laughs> <laughs> uh, you crazy. know the rave reviews were great and they yeah. were all proud that that happened um but we won't see them again until 2025 yeah you no know, we just signed a deal the solo band I think I'm probably not supposed to say this. Uh, I should let Brett announce it first, but what the fuck? Uh, the solo band just signed a deal with Live Nation for next year, so we're doing the sheds next year, and Night Ranger's opening up for us. Very cool. Yeah. Very Only cool. Two, it's starting with 12, and the tickets are going to go on sale in November. Uh, it's called Brett Michaels Party Grawl, and it's us, Night Ranger, <laughs> and um, um, maybe Mickey Thomas, the guy that does, we built this city. Yeah. You know what I mean? Starship, uh, yeah, Starship, and uh, and so yeah, um, you know, it, it's not a diss on Poison, but Brett would much rather be the solo artist than be in Poison, you know, um, but but it was amazing to see them. Just I saw them, I saw them, and I had seen them. Well, when I was in college, I'd seen them, and I saw them for the stadium tour. Yeah, and know? they were great. They were fantastic. They were great, and and Def Leppard were, were great, and, and then the then, terrible, terrible and then, Motley Crew. And then I left. Right. And I used to be. I saw Motley Crew for Doctor Feelgood. I never got to see him with Karabi, which is my one of the things I would have loved to see because that was my favorite version. Yeah. You know? And um, I love Karabi's voice. And and and, 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 <laughs> and what's that? Oh, I just I <laughs> he just recently met John for the first time. Yeah. And. Uh, I, I text John all the time and I just go, Hey, sometimes I say he's the best singer. And sometimes I say he's the second best singer in rock and roll. Cause Sammy Hagar is my all time favorite. <laughs> Dude, seriously. Like he can tear the love off of, of like a, like a tennis ball, like his voice still. I know. It's insane. Know. It's insane. 75 next week. <sighs> See, he has to get the highest props cause he's 75. John's right. a little bit younger. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, John had some good stories though. John got good oh, stories. Yeah, stories. But uh, he, Gavin had just met John, and uh, John, that was the first thing he said because your dad gets drunk and texts me that I'm the greatest singer in the world or whatever. <laughs> I think John doesn't think I mean it. Like I think he, I think he thinks I'm fucking around with him. And I, I that Motley Crue record, right? It's incredible. I'll be honest with you, that record almost probably ruined the rest of Motley Crue for me. Like once that came out, it's like. It changed my perspective. Well, the shit that came out after that was embarrassing. After like, that, it ended, and like so. To me, and now I look back, I'm like, I think "Shout the Devil" st- a standout album, like influential, and 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 the first one. But you know, what I'm saying everything else is kind of not the same anymore. Yeah. So I liked Theater of Pain for some reason. I think it was just my age, which is your age. It was right. I had I bought. It. I was excited to get it. I liked. It. I thought it, it was great because they were taking a left turn against all the other bands. It really, it felt like it, this, there's some good sounds on the album, but I felt like there was something missing in the production. You know? Yeah, it was thin, without a doubt. But I, yeah. I like it. I like Vince. Vince is a friend of mine, and I love Vince to death. Uh, I know he gets a bad rap. 
But the truth of the matter is he just doesn't care. But it's respectable that he does. I, I can't explain it. Do you know him? Have you ever met Vince? Uh, he's the one I have. I haven't met him or Brett yet. You know, oh, yeah. um, but I don't think bad to say about anybody. I think, unfortunately, the quality of the the the, the band itself performing is awful. Um, and I, I I don't know. I and I know Vince has sung better before. I don't know what was going on. Well, um, he just doesn't care. But it's not like he it's not like he's a mess. I can't explain it unless you know. If you would, if you sit down and talk to Vince, you become you gain this incredible respect. He's he's as old as he is. And he's done everything he wanted to do. And he, you know, his best friend died in a car accident that he was responsible for. His daughter died. And he's had to spend his life with the biggest douchebag bass player in the world. If the guy wants to get drunk and do what he wants, more power to him. He, he, he I, I can't speak for him, but he's cool, man. I, he, he's cool. He just doesn't care. But not like doesn't care in a bad way. He just doesn't. I'm going to come out and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it exactly the way I would like to do it. And if you don't like it, fine. He like, sounds better on his solo stuff on YouTube than yeah, right. at the show. Honestly, like the timing was off. It's like one, two, three. Like, I don't even know if he was singing the same song. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Gavin's a big Motley Crue fan. I love Motley Crue. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Damn. Did you see him on the stadium tour? Yeah, I did. And I loved it. I mean, it was fun. Gavin, Gavin, Gavin. Fun. That makes sense. You're not listening to Tom Kiefer. You're not listening to Brett. Of course, you're going to think that was... It, it, bottom line, it, <laughs> it doesn't... It's, you, can, you can not like somebody's music or the sound at the time. It doesn't mean that you hate them as a person. You know what I mean? Right. Motley done its thing. But vocally, they were not delivering. Well, and that smoke they brought in at the at the beginning mm-hmm. nearly killed everybody. Whatever that... that right. Apocalyptic smoke thing of burnt tires, whatever that... Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah I know. But someone like me that didn't get to experience all these bands in their prime in the eighties. It was still awesome for me to go see Motley Crue. That was my first time seeing Motley Crue. I've seen Vince several times. But does he sound better? So I think it's about the same. I mean we were we were standing I mean, right there last year when he fell off the stage. I, I was we were we were back we were right there. Oh man. Four. He just disappeared. <laughs> That's what the video first I'm like, oh is he okay? And then like once you know someone's okay, you can laugh at a fall. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's already happened. Yeah. Are, are you, it's a, like, are, you a, gone. are you a Star Wars fan at all? Yeah. So you know when Han Solo drops in the carbonite? Yes. That's what it was like. We, were well, just... <laughs> we, we, we didn't see the fall. We just, he, he was, was there and he was gone. Gone, gone, right. And we were confused because his yeah. guitar player, Lando, who's awesome, kept playing. And then we just we're, what happened to the song? And then his wife just ran right by us. I'm like, something's wrong. What's going on? He just yeah. he just disappeared. You know, <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, it's funny. This is funny. I mean, Vince has his, is 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 very charismatic. He has a lot of you know he, charisma. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's a good person when it comes to that kind of stuff. At least you know, yeah, so that's yeah. pretty funny. I there's a lot of good tours. The problem is though, you know, you, you see Evan that like. Piercy and and Slaughter and I mean, there's a lot of good bands out there still playing and still singing. So we, quiet, we, quiet Riot, just he's singing for Quiet Riot. He's sounding strong. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw Piercy a uh, couple weeks ago, and it was I, I've been seeing Rat since I was 15 years old, and Piercy was better than he'd ever been. I said it to him. I said once he got his little demons taken care of last yeah, year, yeah. and we came out. I said I said I don't want people talking. I said you sound the best you've ever sounded. Yeah, you know? and he looked great too. He almost smiled. It was amazing. You know, <laughs> he I, is, yeah, a new person. I'm a Piercy fan, though. Always have. I mean, and Piercy's been nice to Gavin since we were since Gavin was a child. I used to stand on the side of the stage at the Poison shows with um, Gavin on my shoulders, and 
right in the middle of the set, Stephen would always walk up and grab his head or shake his hand or something like that. Stephen's a sweet guy at heart, man. I, I like him a lot. He's got a good, I do, and I like it. He's got a good team with him. He's got, you know, his fiance is fantastic. They really have a good thing going now, you know, and I hope they keep it. I think sobriety works for a lot of people now. Sure, sure. <laughs> especially, if, especially if you're singing, you got to watch your voice, you know, Gab, you got to mm-hmm. watch your voice, you know, take care of it. Your dad's oh. going to tell you. I'm not going to listen to him. He but takes, uh, he takes care of never. it. He doesn't take <laughs> care of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're young, so it doesn't, you know, <laughs> right. it'll go on, right? I'm still but, young and ignorant. I've thrown out my voice a couple times before, but now I'm taking care of it. So are you writing towards a, a full album? Are you going to try? That's the plan. You know, I mean, I, ideally I'm looking to have a full album within the next year or so. It's a little hard because, you know, trying to get the funding to do that and the time to do that. It's, it's pretty hard, especially as an independent artist right now without yeah. a label. But that's the goal. I mean, I have a vision of what I want the album to be like, the 10 songs I want. And it's just a matter of getting it out. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, you're 18, right? Are 20. You 20. You already have a single out. You're doing pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> you know? He wanted it to be out much sooner than it was. We, he's, he's had this plan, and uh, I think I slow him down a little bit. Well, that's uh, not necessarily true. Well, having a plan's good and getting – but I'm saying you, you, have a good, you have a good thing. You're at a good point. But pushing even harder is going to keep you going. Well, I I think I was caught up in the sense that, you know, a lot of in in modern times, you know, a social media influencer will become an artist nowadays overnight. And, you know, that's a lot of producing and auto tune that goes into that. And me stepping into rock and roll, I didn't really realize how much hard work actually goes into becoming a real, real musician. You know, I've been doing this for three years and every single time I would walk into the studio, I had to have sung that song a thousand more than a thousand times. Because every single time I walked in there, I was twice as good as I was last time. You know, I was growing as a musician, you know, every single time I sung that song. Yeah, he just yeah. started, he actually just started singing about three years ago. Yeah. Um, and taking it serious maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, but he, right off the bat, he just, he wasn't a singer and decided to make a record. He wanted to make a record. So he became a singer. Right. right. You, you know, it's, it's a goal. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we would go into the studio and uh, I would just push, I would push hard um, because I've made so many records with different people, you know, I, you know, are you a kick for it? Well? Kicks? Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I engineered the very first funny money song when he left kicks and made it band funny money. I yep. engineered that song. And that was my first experience ever with someone like that. I've known Steve my whole life but I never worked with him and I'll, I'll never forget. So I used to own this recording studio, uh, like a commercial rehearsal facility, commercial studio. Uh, and I'd record all these bands, but they were, no one was almost no like kicks or like Steve. And uh, most, most that was the grunge era. And it was mostly local and young guys that couldn't sing. And Steve came into my studio and he did the first take and I couldn't believe what it sounded like, but I remember hitting the button and going, Hey, do you want to come in and check that out? And he goes, no, I got it. I was like, what? Like, you're that confident? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, and then I did a Raven record back in the day. Do you remember the band Raven, the metal band I've, Raven? I've, I've had them on. <laughs> Have you really had the Gallagher brothers on there? I had one of them on, yep. I produced, a, or I engineered uh, the Everything Louder record. Okay. But uh, what great guys, by the way. Yeah, super nice, super nice. Yeah. 
And uh, so because of my experience making records over 30 years and hit, we just throw in the studio and just every day we, it was just every day sing for a couple hours. And then I would say to him, go back home and listen to this, come back and do it again and watch how much better you are. And uh, at first I thought, I think you didn't believe that was how that was going to work. No, because it was slow and I'm young and ignorant and I just wanted it right there, you know, but it was a slow process and I started seeing the evolution of so it. So every couple of days you would hear that the song would sound better and better and better. We, we, right. we literally sang that song probably a thousand times over, over five months because I knew where it was going and he knew yeah. what he wanted to hear. He has clear vision. I have to tell you, he knew exactly how that song was supposed to sound and not, not, um, I'm not just talking about a little bit of his head. He, he knew production wise, he knew what he wanted the snare drum to sound like. He knew what he wanted the kick drum to sound like. He, it wasn't just, I want big drums. He knew he wanted, you know, the Bon Jovi sounding toms, you know, because Bob Rock on the Jersey record made those toms sound incredible. You know what I'm saying? And, oh, yeah. he, and you know, he wanted this to sound like Warrant or this to sound like Skid Row. All of it in that 80s genre. But he, he had a very clear vision of what that song was supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm. Well, it worked out well because it didn't have that dated sound either because there's a, that, there's a certain sound on some of the 80s records. Yeah, right. Just has a, you know what I'm talking about? It's like it's like mm-hmm. a shiny or something. It's, you know, no matter who the band is, you know. Right. Um, I mean, it, it's got a touch of nostalgia, but you, you could see that the roots are old school rock and roll, but it's a new rock song. You know, it's, it's brand new. It's, it's not a hair metal song, but you could tell that the roots come from. 80s hard and, and let me tell you, the social media, just be a singer and like you're going to have people doing it. But social media means nothing. It really does at this point. It's, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm watching it fall apart. Yeah. All the, right. all the Instagram. I have these big I, I've had some big people on and then I've, they have they have these huge accounts. They're all bots. I mean, a lot of the stuff is, you know, behind the curtains. It's not what it seems like it is. Yeah. And these big Instagram people are not going to fill a club. They're right. not going to get anybody to come to the door. You know, it's going to come to the door. Your dad and Brett Michaels are going to come there. They don't even have it. I mean, you have, obviously, Brett has, but you right. don't even need it. You could just show up. Real rock and roll and real musicians, any kind of music is going to right. show up. You know, of course, you need some funny. publicity, but it's not based on Instagram numbers. It was right. funny. We were talking about this yesterday or two days ago. Uh, there's a guy named Frank Ray. He's a country artist with a giant country hit right now called um, Country Looks Good on You. Okay, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. opened up for. Uh, us the Brett Michaels band a couple times in the last month and it's a huge hit you can't turn on country radio without hearing it right now and then I looked at his Instagram and he'll post something and it gets like 300 likes like yeah yeah the, there's an illusion happening in what the social media I think it's starting to crack too I think there's a crack in it you know it, it, it's a trend I mean you see people that have a lot of followers that turn into artists it it's very risky because you know they, they'll trend but then they'll fall off super super hard you want to be a long lasting musician that's harder to do because you could get a million followers by just one that's, that's what i'm saying i mean one stupid you, video you know you're in it for the game and you have some good music you'll be in it you know and you can survive so. off of it you know mm-hmm, thank you I want, I want to thank you guys for coming on and taking the time this has been awesome thanks for working with my schedule too this is yeah i don't I, i've never done it with him i think i i hope we said anything interesting it was that was a well, it's a conversation we're talking to-